Good morning, good morning, and good morning, and welcome to another episode of Popping Off with Field, the podcast. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful Tuesday morning here in Atlanta, GA. Headed to work. So let me tell you about this commute. So yesterday, which was Monday, you know, Monday is a difficult day for most people to kind of get up and get ready. Um... It's just hard because the weekend goes by so fast. Like, literally, a friend texted me yesterday and was like, how was your weekend? I was like, fuck, let me tell you. I don't know. (laughs) The weekend went by so fast. I don't know if it was good, bad, or indifferent. It's all a blur. I feel like I went to bed. It was Friday evening. I woke up and it was Monday morning. I don't know anything about the gaps. (laughs) it It just goes by so quickly. And I try, or I have been trying, over the last couple of years to kind of do things on the weekend because you know we live for the weekend and it's unfortunate but until I until I get my Oprah status on I live for the weekend so you go to work Monday through Friday and you're literally pining after pining for Friday Friday arrives and it's been a long weekend so you're tired and so I've I've noticed that I don't do much on Friday evenings. And even with your friends, they like, yeah, I'm pretty much just going to kind of chill out. I'm going to unwind. And then it's Saturday. And then you have things to do. You know, those things that you can't do during the week, like clean your home, uh, like, uh, you know, wash clothes, uh, fold clothes. You know, even if you've washed clothes during the week, like there's so many things that you need to do. Run errands. I mean, things that you just can't do during the week, you try to do during the weekend And before you know it, then it's Sunday. And then if you are a regular worshiper, such as myself, then you have obligations in terms of service, you know, services you sing for, or, you know, if you're an usher, services you usher for, whatever the case is. And, you know, you go to church, typically brunch follows some instances. Um, You get home, everybody's, you know, everybody's living for that Sunday afternoon nap. But I just find that my soul, my, my, my very soul gets so depressed at around four o'clock Sunday afternoon because I realize that the day is winding down, but I don't have any more time. It literally is about to be Monday. Um, I was in traffic yesterday. And so I, of course, have moved. I'm further away, almost double in terms of mileage where I was before. And so I already knew I'm fully aware from the first week that, you know, the commute is about 40 minutes. Jumped in my car yesterday, Monday, it was 7 o'clock. I said, you know, this is good. Um, My ride is normally 40 minutes. I'll get to work about 7, you know, 7.40 at the latest. Bitch, let me tell you about traffic yesterday. So uh, I I almost started the podcast yesterday because I thought it was going to be so interesting because that's how horrendous traffic was. So... I get in my car and of course technology tells me that my normal commute is going to be about 50 minutes. So I'm like, 50 minutes? Why is it going to take you 50 minutes to get to work? Get in the car, get on the freeway. And let me tell you why. Because there was an accident. And it was 735. I pretty much take two freeways to work. 285, which is the bypass, to 85. And 85 North, because I'm traveling north and against traffic most people are coming into the city and traveling south i typically don't have any problems it's just about getting there and at my old house i was much closer man i i wasn't even to i wasn't even near the entrance of 85 at 7 35 and i was just are you kidding me so i have a proposal let me know what you think if a person or persons 
finds themselves in a collision before 9 a.m. on a work day, their license should be revoked for three and a half months. And I say three and a half months because I feel like once you get past those three months, you're like, damn, it's almost time for me to get my license back. But then you got those last 15 days that are going to be a reminder to not put yourself in this position again. And Make them take mass transit, which is the punishment because here in Atlanta, we don't really have a mass transit system because I think that would teach a lesson. Like, where the fuck are you speeding to on Monday morning? No one's excited about getting to work. Slow your ass down. Or if you're driving too slow, speed your ass up or at least get out of the lane where people are driving fast. Like, it's got to be a better way. Um, And I really hope because speaking of mass transit, the vote is up again. Um, It is Tuesday is the day to vote here in Georgia. Um so please do that um it's probably the day to vote many places but i I know it's the day to vote here i early voted so we're good but the vote is up (laughs) and you know they're voting for mass transit again and i really hope that the people have opened up their eyes to see that our city is really in a situation where there are millions of people on the road that we need to get off the road and how mass transit will help it's not going to get rid of everybody there's still going to be people who are going to be conditioned to drive there's still going to be people who are going to prefer driving over taking mass transit but we need it we're overcrowded i mean it's to the point now where it's just like i literally want to walk up to people like are you visiting (laughs) are you thinking about moving here well don't because there's no room there is no room there's no room on the roads housing is becoming ridiculous i mean Literally, pretty pretty soon people are going to be setting up shanty towns <laughs> to live because rent is getting outrageous. But nonetheless, I don't want to get into that. But because I do my podcast from my car, um, these are obviously things that I think about. Also, speaking about voting, and this is just a, a tagline. I want people to be aware. I am not what you would call a political zealot i'm not excited there's no zeal for me in terms of politics but unfortunately you know the world in which we live in you have to be informed and voting is important and i always vote but you know there's a difference between being a voter and being an informed voter and i have to be honest with you i i didn't know all of the candidates and their platforms you know um and, and, and I have to do a better job about that. But let me be clear. I feel like it's, it's an interesting place, an inter- interesting position to be in when you're voting for uh, an official in a city you don't necessarily live in. So I don't live in Stone Mountain. But of course, because of the county that I'm in, which is DeKalb, there's like, hey, you have to vote for this particular person in Stone Mountain. I'm like, well, I mean... Not that I don't care about what's going on in Stone Mountain, but this doesn't necessarily affect me. So I don't really know the best way to go about it. And one of those, one of those uh, positions, and I and, and and I really don't know what the position is. But you know, when you vote, I, I liken the the ballot, the electronic ballot, in terms of length to like a legal sized piece of paper, which you know is that long sheet of paper. And I swear that one of the the positions that was up for election or re-election it was like 15 fucking people like 15 candidates i had no clue i had never heard any of their names i hadn't seen any commercial i i'm telling you i just went with the blackest name there is so i hope that letitia is a wonderful elected official if she wins because she certainly got my vote uh anyway enough about voting enough about traffic 
let's get into this week's episode. So I was at a graduation party this past weekend. Shouts out to my friend who completed his master's in social work at Clark Atlanta University. Um, and of course, I, I you know, I love, I love people. I love meeting new people, you know, I, not to say that we're going to be friends past this point, but you know, I'm a conversationalist. I'm always interested on people's perspectives. And I was sitting at a table with people I knew and people I didn't know. And, you know, we were just having general conversation. And one of the guys at the table was somebody who was a transplant. He's new. Um, He just moved here maybe less than a year ago. And, you know, trying to figure out life here. Because it's very different from where he came from, which is D.C. Um, So we're just having, like I said, general conversation, talking about what the gays talk about when they get together which is typically relationships boys uh or men i'm sorry men but boys and um so we're having that conversation and the topic came up about masculinity and femininity and i and i raised this point um that i heard from a friend in this third party information but i heard this from a friend many many years ago someone they were dating and they pretty much made the comment that they would rather date someone who was masculine and maybe not the most attractive um, over someone who was attractive or very attractive, but feminine. And so, you know, you you bring that to the table and people are like, well, that doesn't really make any sense to me. Uh, Mind you, there was, uh, including myself, uh, three three gay boys at the table (laughs) and a lesbian couple. And... I wasn't surprised at the response, but one of the guys was like, well, you know, I kind of, I kind of side with that. And so it, it, it sparked this conversation because I was, you know, I was like, well, what I find or what I have found is, you know, we use language is important and we use words all the time, not truly knowing what they mean or not using them in the proper context. For instance, I'll give you one that you've all heard from your grandmothers. Take that meat out of the freezer so it can unthaw. Um, if it's thawing, that means it's not going to be frozen anymore. So unthaw is not right. But it's something we've heard. And that's just a light, a light example of you know how we use things improperly. So I feel like masculine and feminine in describing males is one of those things. Uh, I was having a conversation with a guy and he was like, you know, he had just moved here. This is another conversation just to give you an example. And he was like, I'm really having a tough time finding masculine guys. And I was like, well, what is your definition of masculine? Because they vary. And he said, you know, using the emoji, duh, where you, your eyes look up in the sky and your hand out to the side, not feminine. And I'm like, sir. That's not exactly giving me an idea of what you say is masculine. And that's not really a definition. I mean, sure, when you look up the word masculine, it says things that are normally associated with a male. But unfortunately, everything that we associate with being male does not necessarily make a person not masculine or unmasculine because they don't subscribe to it. For instance, sports. I know gay boys who love sports who play sports, who've always played sports. And I know straight boys who do not. And so does that mean that a guy that isn't into sports is less masculine? And so I pretty much was like, you know, this is what I find. When a person says that they're looking for someone who is masculine or mask, which I hate the question, are you masculine? Especially when it comes from somebody where it's just like, they they consider themselves to be masculine and you're like, okay. And so 
it, it, it typically is a situation where someone's like, they want someone that's unclockable. And by unclockable, I mean, this is probably education for those of you who are not in the community. Someone that you can, can't necessarily say, oh, this person is gay. Um, somebody that you can, and I've seen this as a definition of masculine. Somebody I could hang out in the streets with and nobody know that we gay, but we freaks in the bedroom. Okay, that's not the definite, that's not how masculine works. That's just not it. And I feel like it's really, it, it causes issues in our community and, 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 and how we see ourselves, how we describe ourselves, how we position ourselves, how we interact with one another. Um, because of this whole masculine and feminine thing, I find that a lot of us have upset obsessions with the straight male. You know, those are the people that we're attracted to, you know, to the point where people's like, I really just want to find a straight man who's gay. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't know much about algebra, but I don't think that's how that equates. Like, literally, I think th- these, these ideas are crazy. And I, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to pretend as if I haven't once had these ideas or it or or if I don't hold or harbor some of these thoughts processes, but I feel like I'm evolving and I'm trying to push the needle in terms of evolution because I feel like there's a lot of us missing out on great opportunities in, in potential mates because we have all of these preconceived notions and misconceptions about how people should operate in spaces and how they should be. And, you know, masculine and feminine are normally tied to gender roles that are heteronormative so it's like you know because a person tends to be more feminine that means that they're going to fit into this this uh heteronormative idea of the female in a relationship and when you have two males in a relationship it's just that now granted there are some guys that that i've heard say you know i'm a lady and i want to be treated like a lady you know open doors pay for all the meals and 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 that's fine too but I just think that we just really need to look at the language we're using and really try to figure out the, 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 the ideology that we use um, in, in, in dating and, and, and exploring. Because my personal opinion is this. I have not met an gay boy, um, be he super masculine or not that does not have some thing about them that's like okay well yeah you're definitely gay like if I didn't know before you definitely are um and and this is both in public spaces and private spaces because people in private spaces will surprise you okay um no I'm joking but no they will like you know you you have this idea of what a person is and then you get into a space that's not public and you're like, hey, you're nothing <laughs> like what I expected. But it's cool. It's cool. I just think that we put people in boxes. And when people don't fit in those particular boxes, um, you know, it causes this tension. Because people assume things about you based on the way that you carry yourself. For instance, yes, Phil loves his loafers and his bow ties. But Phil also loves his J's and his fitteds. I love gym shoes or sneakers or whatever you want to call them. And I always have, you know, I haven't always been in the position to afford myself the sneakers that I like, but I really like sneakers. And so 
you know, what your friends will say or people say is, you, oh, you trying to give trade or you trying to give boy. No, I'm literally just trying to dress in what makes me comfortable. Now, if this reads a certain way, which of course we know that it does, the fitted is like the gay man's wig. Um, <laughs> because it does give you the impression of something that may not necessarily be the case. But a lot of people literally are just dressing as they are comfortable. You know, I don't wear Nike slides outside of my house, but there are a lot of people who do. And, you know, there's a a thought process that's associated with a person who's wearing Nike slides. You know what I'm saying? But it literally is what makes people comfortable. So I really just want us to take a look at the language that we're using. Um, Another thing that happened at the table, which I thought was interesting, is they were like, well, how many feminine products do you use as a man? And, you know, and, and what are they? And so I'm like, you know, I, to be quite honest, I don't use many feminine products. Like, you know, I, I use Mitchum. I use Nivea for men. Um, but I guess, you know, there's some men who are still washing their face with bar soap and they're in there in rags. So I guess that, that probably puts me in a different category because I care about skin, you know, about my skin. But Nonetheless, I, it's just interesting the ideas that we form about certain things and about certain people based on things that are really not important. And it kind of boils down to this whole concept of, you know, this toxic masculinity, um, this idea of what a man is and what a man isn't. And so if you don't fit into this, this box, then it automatically puts you in this situation where it's like, well, you, you are either gay or, 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 or suspect. Um, you know, and I think about how it manifests in our community. I'll be honest with you. White people are some of the gayest people I know. White men are so gay. Um, and it's because they have a freedom to move about the world unquestioned. Their manhood is, uh, is, 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 is never challenged. You know, they, 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 they are very rarely in situations where they are emasculated. And when they are, all hell breaks loose. Um, and so, you know, they, they were short shorts. Like I didn't even know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know what circle jerking was, <laughs> but it is obviously something that white boys participate in on a regular basis. And I was like, this is ridiculous, but they are allowed to be in those spaces and, and, and not be questioned. And as a black male, we are oftentimes emasculated in in public and private you know in our family situations in 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 professional situations and i feel like that has a very a very tight stronghold on us and you know how we want to be perceived in the world which unfortunately has shaped our minds in when it comes to how we operate and navigate this space as gay black men um not having those same freedoms, you know, or even black men in general, because, you know, I remember when, when metrosexuality came out and it was this whole concept of a metrosexual man is a man who takes care of themselves because there's this whole misnomer that straight men do not. They're Neanderthals. They don't, they don't, they don't, um, they don't groom themselves. They don't do, you know, they don't do any of they, they don't care about it. They don't iron, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I've always, my, my father is a man who's always cared about his appearance. 
You know what I'm saying? My grandfather was a man who always cared about his appearance. Now, Otis Holly did not go get manicures and pedicures, okay? But he did clip his nails. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's one of those types of things where, you know, he cared about how he looked. If he went to church, he was wearing a suit, you know? It wasn't a, a situation where he was just going any old way. You know, that was important to him. You know, he he shaved and he and he bathed and he had aftershave and different things like that. Like he cared about his appearance. Now, granted, some of this could be generational um, in terms of just the way that you present yourself in the world. But, you know, he always had his shirt tucked in and he always wore an undershirt. And so my father is the same way, you know. Um, but, you know, metrosexuality became this whole thing because it was like, I don't know if this man is too clean. You know, a man that gets a manicure and a pedicure. So do we not want men to not tear up the sheets in our beds because their feet are rough? Like, you know, I'm saying, especially with some of the work that you do where, you know, it it is rough on your feet and it is rough on your hands. You would probably want somebody to take care of themselves. But this whole concept of metrosexuality shortly or soon thereafter became, no, this man might be gay because he cares too much about how he looks. He cares too much about how he's presented in the world. But I was like, what about pretty boys? Like we all know pretty boys, you know, which are normally associated with light-skinned boys. Um, you know, especially like in the eighties when light-skinned boys were popping, it's like, you know, these are guys that really took care of themselves. That didn't necessarily mean that they were gay, but it's like over time, these ideas have morphed. Um, And so it puts men, particularly black men in this box, that you have to operate in one or two ways. And if you are outside of this box in any way, then your sexuality can be questioned. And so I feel like there are gay men and straight men who are aware of this. And because of this, we have this whole concept of toxic masculinity that exists, whether you are a heterosexual man or homosexual man, like... I believe that there are homosexual men who also um, carry a lot of characteristics of toxic masculinity. And and theirs is in an effort to say, these are all the things that gay are not. And these are all the things that I am not. So I don't want you to put me in this box or this category. Um, That's why it's always so surprising when you see somebody who doesn't fit a particular mold and is something, you know, when somebody is gay or straight a gay and you thought they were straight or somebody is straight and you thought they were gay um and in our community when we talk about positions and in, in roles in relationships somebody that you assumed is a top that really is a bottom or vice versa and and how that manifests themselves how that manifests itself and how we look at it and how we interact with people and how we decide who we're going to deal with and who we aren't going to deal with or who we are going to pretty much um, isolate, you know? It's an interesting world that we live in. And so give me your thoughts. What do you think? What are your ideas of a masculine man versus a feminine man? Do you find that you harbor some of these ideas? Do you subscribe to toxic masculinity, knowingly or unknowingly? And how can we begin to change this conversation? How can we begin to move towards a place where people are just allowed to be who they are in the world um, without all of these labels? When will we get to a place where we just say, I like this person. And regardless of how the world sees this particular person, 
I like this person and I'm not going to let anything change that. When are we going to get to a place where we don't, um, where we don't find it amusing to talk about our friends who are different or who try different things? If you wake up one morning and decide that you want to wear a fitted and, and some J's, but you are more feminine, is it not a situation where you're trying to present to the world that you're something that you're not like I think we really need to talk about these things and we really need to um try and escape some of those ideas that weren't formed by us because you have to understand that heteronormativity or normity I think it's normativity yeah heteronormative behavior let's just stick with that um isn't something that we came up with it's it's a it's a white man's prescription for the world (laughs) and so you know we are are, we are not as black gay men are definitely not white men we will never be and so if we're trying to navigate this world under that prescription of that idea we're always going to be in trouble we're always going to be in trouble and and it and this is a horrible message to those that are coming behind us as they're trying to figure out identity like, how do I identify? Um, you know, a lot of the ways that we move about the world, positive and negative, are because of things that we've seen. You know, so if I know as a gay boy that these are all of the things that put you in that category, if, especially if I don't want to be identified as a gay boy for whatever reason. If it's because I'm just not ready to come out, if it's because it really is a struggle for me. And I know that these are all of the things that um, that are labeled to be gay. Um, and I don't want to be quantified or classified in that way. Then, then that gay boy starts to do things <laughs> um, so that they're not put in that box. And some of that behavior is damaging to them and others. And so I just want us, I want us to be a healthy community that's able to dialogue and express our differences. And at the end of the day, some people are probably going to hang on to their ideas of masculine versus feminine. Um, And obviously there are people who share these ideas. So, you know, you may look up and find someone who feels the same way that you feel. But the reality of the situation is if we're in this world where we're always talking about, you know, why are so many gay black men and black men not in healthy relationships why is it that in a place like Atlanta Georgia or a place like Washington DC or a place like uh New York where I all I I have friends in all of these places and spaces that are gay and you know a lot of them are single good guys and and these are some of the issues that they're dealing with so when are we gonna get to the point where we say okay maybe these aren't you know maybe we need to look at these issues a little bit closer and try to figure out you know how we can begin to kind of change the conversation and our thought process and how we see things so that we're not in this space where it's this overabundance of single men you know quality guys that can't seem to find mates or even potential mates or or potential dates because they have these ideas that stem from this heteronormative ideal of what a man should be this toxic toxic masculinity that that is damaging to not only our minds but to our overall community like we we really need to kind of evolution we need to evolve anyway um 
these are just my musings. These are my thoughts, what I'm thinking about. Please like, subscribe, comment, give me your feedback. Send me messages. Like, I know a lot of people have to download the Anchor app because they don't have iPhones. So, like, please send me voice messages. Send me things that I can listen to so I can hear. I mean, not that I mind when people send me text messages like, what do you think? But it's like, I, 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 I want this open dialogue with, you know... All of my co-hosts. I don't want to just have private conversations with one or two individuals. So, come on. Get get to me. You know, comment, post. Um, Obviously, I pretty much publish pretty quickly. So, you'll see my Facebook up there. You know, start a dialogue between each other. So, I can just get some ideas and talk and address some of those things. Anyway, I love you guys. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Don't be in traffic forever if you can avoid it. And if you're in Atlanta, then that's impossible. All right. Peace.